0: On the NBA season, talking about our biggest surprises, the least surprising moments and things that ended up coming to fruition, biggest disappointments, things we saw coming, and, of course, our favorite moments from the past NBA season. Always one of my favorite shows to look forward to, just recapping, kind of getting the overarching sort of bow on it, if that makes sense. All right, Brock. Do me a favor and get me out of this word vomit. And <laughs> Drop that beat. Welcome to the busy season of the NBA. There is no busier time where more is constantly popping than right now. Nothing, nothing more popping than the week of the draft. Free agency kicks off on June 30th. We rolled directly into Summer League where we get to see all of those rookies and has-beens trying to show themselves to the world. Also, betting the Summer League second year going to be electric. Let's just say that. Me up in Thomas and Mac Center on my little BetMGM app. Degeneracy. All games of the Summer League are televised this year. Every single one. I don't even know how that's possible, but TNT and ESPN made that, or NBA TV and, T- and ESPN made that shit happen. TNT would have been wild. I will be on the ground from Summer League the entire time. We'll be doing some live shows. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about, first and foremost, the biggest surprise for me this NBA season, Boston got good out of nowhere, Addition by subtraction. They got rid of Fournier. They got rid of Kemba. And we said, yeah, that makes sense. Those pieces didn't really work there. They didn't really add anyone of note until, you know, the, the trade deadline. But it was Derek White. So they did everything that they did with the same core that they've had for many years. And they got to the finals. And it looked like they could have had an opportunity to become NBA champs. Ime Udoka finally got his team to buy into defense after ditching the guys who didn't want to play defense and Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder and Ennis Cantor. Time Lord was a massive surprise with how good he ended up being. Very important piece to this team. He was leading blocks, lead the leader in blocks in every location on the court this season. Every single location, threes, every part, Rob Williams held it down. The two Js showed the world that they could play together. Marcus Smart found his way into the bedroom of a NBA reporter, so that he could, <laughs> so that he could propagandize himself into a DPOY, Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Good for Marcus Smart. So that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest surprises. Another one, the Nets went from. I went back and list, listened to me and your first episode, Brock. And I said something crazy. I said, um, if the Nets can be healthy, fully healthy, they will be stratospheres above everyone else. And I was like, ee. I listened back and I go, "Yee, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes into our Eastern Conference preview, we did also say that the Nets were in more turmoil than any other team in the NBA. And that ended up being the case. But, Scary hours never happened. Harden never ended up being in shape. Kyrie never ended up being there full-time. Blake Griffin regressed to Detroit Blake Griffin. LaMarcus regressed to San Antonio LaMarcus. All eyes were on the Nets, and all eyes said, God, no, please, like, let me get this off my television. Turns out we never really got to see the Nets fully healthy. KD, Harden, Kyrie only played... 16 games together. 16 games. They were a 7 seed, not a 1 seed like we thought that they should be, got swept. Now that there are rumors that the Nets and Kyrie are at an impasse with their contract negotiations, and so he might be looking for another destination as well. Which means, folks, if Kyrie goes, then you have to imagine that Kevin Durant will go. And then you have to imagine... The Ben Simmons will go, and will go fully into rebuild mode again. So you're talking about a team that had Kyrie, KD, had Harden, at one point had Jared Allen before Harden, had Karis Levert, had Joe Harris. This team is now, it's like a a radioactive nuclear warhead went off into this franchise because you look around and it's just... It's just everything, all signs of life are gone. So that is, that is wild because everyone thought that this team was going to be the leader in the clubhouse to win it all for the next three to five years with these, these three talents on the same squad. Crazy. Least surprising thing, Philly not being a contender, truthfully. And Bede, I said, is going to have to show me he can play more than 75% of the game. The bench is shaky. I do not think this team is contending. And yes, that all came to fruition, except for that they ended up finding a way to get James Harden Wild turn of events that did not help them in anyway. Actually, probably hurt them. Daryl Morey told the world he was going to get multiple first-rounders for Ben Simmons. It turns out he had to give up multiple first-rounders to get rid of Ben Simmons and acquire James Harden. So there was that. Now there's a lot of speculation about James Harden, how long his extension will be for. Some people are saying it's only going to be a three-year deal instead of a max five-year deal. Philly, as you know, is now looking to trade everyone. Two franchises with high hopes, two franchises that are now literally decimating their roster. To do what? I have no idea. Probably the Warriors winning a title is uh, the most the most surprising thing um for me but what that was that was that was wild biggest disappointment lakers and the nets lakers we knew weren't gonna be much the lakers we knew were gonna have spacing issues with russell westbrook the nets were disappointment as i've said but they're kind of tied they're kind of tied and the lakers now have gotten rid of frank vogel They've got a new head coach, Russell Westbrook, showing up to his press conferences, standing in the room like a mob boss, mm-hmm. waiting to collect the money that you owe. And I'm not sure that they get any better moving forward. Worst prediction of the year, two, two of them, Golden State being a seven seed and getting bounced out of the first round of the playoffs, they are a champion. They are champions. Nothing needs to be said. I watched all of the Warriors parade today, and I ingested it all, and I was like, they're talking about me. Draymond was like, shut the f*** up! Shut up! Shut up! We hate all y'all except for Warriors fans! It's like, yo, yikes. Also, Bucks versus Suns. I thought they would go to the finals again. I lost a smooth $150 on that prediction. So, wild. Not, not exactly something. I, they looked both good. And, and let's just be honest. The Suns all had COVID. They all had COVID for Game 7. That's now been widely reported. I've known this for months. I've been keeping it to myself like a little canary. Wanting to share. Wanting to share. Wanting to share. But they all had COVID. They did. Hard to play basketball when you can barely breathe and keep your head on straight. And... The Bucks lost Chris Middleton. So, I mean, what are you going to do? One team has COVID. The other one loses their second option on offense. So, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, folks. That's why it's a hard and arduous path to get to a championship. Things I could not see coming. Ayton and the turmoil with the Suns. What? This guy was a key piece. Chris Paul's been simping and standing for DeAndre Aiton for years since he got there. DA needs to get paid. It's only a matter of time. Be patient, DA. Your time will come. Everything's happening. No. He's just going to walk now. The writing is now on the wall. I never thought it would get to the point where the Suns were like, we will take, hmm, we'll take Rudy Gobert and a first round pick for Aiden. Like, I never thought it would get, a, get to the point where it's like, hmm, what do we need? What do we need? Just give us a couple of, uh, give us a random Jeff Green. Uh, give us a Joe Harris. Um, we just want to get rid of him for something. Give us a couple of first-round picks. We'll use JaVale McGee. It's like, what? I thought you guys loved DA. Number one overall pick. Could have had Luka. But you didn't. You have DA. What's happening? And then the whole quitting on his team thing. Yada, yada. Very isho- shocker situation for me from a team that has said nothing but positives. If you look back at their finals run last year... All they talked about is how D.A. was the guy that did all the dirty work. D.A. doesn't want any credit. D.A. doesn't want any praise. He just goes out there and he does his job. He plays his role. He could have a bigger role other places, but he knows what it takes to win a championship. And now it's like, no, he's lazy. He's lazy. He's not that good. Like, whoa, what what a turn of events. He's now the number one free agent name in all the NBA. Teams like Utah, Toronto, Atlanta, just frothing at the mouth. Portland, frothing at the mouth to get D.A. Do it, Portland. Do it. Mm -hmm. Another thing, speaking of Portland, I did not see happening is is Dame having season-ending surgery on his abdomen. The man couldn't even stand up without being in pain, couldn't sit down without being in pain. Portland then actively tanking. Team's never done that in the history of the team. When you're sitting guys like Caljan Blevins, you're sitting him because he's too good. Trendon Watford. Our guy our uh, cleaning lady at uh, five fifteen PM as as she normally does. And Drew and Drew not Bledsoe, Drew Eubanks. That's it. Yes. Drew Eubanks and this team with a new GM, interim GM, just clearing the entire decks. Getting rid of, you know, they're like, this is the house that Neil built. It's like, no, let's take a bulldozer to everything that Neil ever did except for Damian Lillard. All things must go. Let's try to get the number one pick. That was a shocker to me. New Orleans Pelicans. Was it a shocker they went one and thirteen? No. Was it a shocker that Zion set out the full season? No, not to me. But after 1-13, and they made the playoffs and they gave the Suns the business. They gave them hell. And I did also not see that C.J. McCollum would be the centerpiece of that team. C.J. and Brandon Ingram. So many Portland connections upon these surprises, but oh, my God. Another thing, Atlanta becoming a dumpster fire. I thought they'd build on their Eastern Conference Finals run. I thought, listen, they got a lot of long guys that can defend and shoot threes. Trey Young is out there. You know, he's like a little baby Steph Curry out there. Let me just say this really fast because it just came to my mind. So why not blurt it out? Trey Young's not even close to Steph Curry. Like, it's not even at all the same thing. You can't get the ball out of Trey Young's hand. Like, you can't. He's not passing the ball. Steph Curry will pass the ball in one possession like 10 15 times. He's a really good passer and he's a willing passer. Trey Young? No one's ever said he's a willing passer. No one. That just I just thought of that. DeMar DeRozan, 2 weeks DeMar DeRozan was like maybe the best player on planet Earth. He was averaging 40, he's hitting game winners from 3. It was just Amazing moment after amazing moment when everybody slandered him and said he was the worst free agent signing in all of the NBA. And, oh, my God, was that a terrible take. I'm glad I never wrote that. I'm glad I never said that. Another thing, Cavaliers. Cavaliers making the playoffs-ish. Cavaliers making the play-in at least. Ricky Rubio injury definitely helped or hurt them, but, like, no telling. They were a one seed at one point. What? Nobody saw that. A one seed. They were atop the East for most of the year. Another thing, this draft class was deep. I don't think anyone really realized how good some of these guys like Herb Jones would have been. A lot of people thought this draft wasn't even going to be very good at all. And it may go down as one of the better draft classes in a decade. Things that uh, we saw coming, like I said, Sixers being a disappointment, no brainer. Not a roster bill for a title run, but we knew that last year. They had harden at the deadline, like we said it lasted all the fanfare lasted about a week. Ben Simmons not playing a single game of basketball. We saw that no way like his talk last summer about never playing for the Sixers again. what are we talking about? If he says that, I'm never playing for this team again. He doesn't ever get to another team until the trade deadline. you think he's just gonna Snap back into action? No. all of those grueling practices he had with Kyle Corver. you didn't think those were gonna get him ready for an NBA season like all those corner threes he was hitting uncontested. taking videos of probably the only makes. he only took videos of the makes. So yeah like you gotta listen to these people when they're like, listen I'm willing to I'm willing to risk whatever. I don't need to get paid. Come find me. Garnish my game checks. I'll see you for mental health infractions. Like, it is what it is. The only question really now is if he'll play a game next year. And where? Because like we said, if the Nets are a dumpster fire, do we think they're keeping Ben, Ben, see a therapist Simmons? Like, no. I don't think so. Maybe he'll end up in Sacramento, like where he belongs. That would be a great place for Ben Simmons. If you could trade Ben Simmons... For the number four overall pick, would you do it? Would you do it? Like Ben Simmons for the number four pick and maybe Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes. Would you do it? That's a good trade for both sides. The Knicks returning to earth we had to have seen coming. I know, Brock, you're a Knicks fan. You knew. You knew while it was Knicks mania, it wasn't real. We knew. I was slandering the Knicks two seasons ago. Like, you guys are fake, fake. People were so mad. Then when they had the four seed, I had to eat crow. And it was like, no, it was. That was the case. You weren't real. You are shopping Julius Randle. You are shopping Mitchell Robinson. You are shopping Tom Thibodeau. You are (laughs) shopping Obi Toppin. Like, all of these things... They were an awesome story. Tibbs had them whipped into shape. They were running like they were the National Guard. And getting ready for battle, Trey cut their throats, and it was like the Red Wedding all over again. (laughs) No one has ever been seen or heard from again. Then they decided to sign Kemba and Fournier like that was a good idea. That was like an arranged marriage that made no damn sense. Now Rose was out for most of the year, no point guard, pretty inevitable that the Knicks, and Tom Thibodeau wouldn't want to play any of the young guys to give him some juice. Now Tibbs is probably on a short leash, we don't know how this ends. They're going to say he's not going to be fired, and we know most likely he's going to be fired. Kenny Atkinson backing out of the Hornets job, did not see that coming. I don't know why. I don't know why. I still need to know why. It, I know it's Michael Jordan related. I'm pretty sure. There's some whispers that Steve Kerr is going to retire, that Kenny Atkinson's going to take over the Warriors. I don't see that happening. This is a team. I know they don't have ego, but they're established stars. So Kenny Atkinson's wind sprint method, I don't think it's going to work out for me, dog. Uh, that's a sidebar, though. Gri- Grizzlies. We saw the Grizzlies making a deepish run. Right? We saw them being probably a top three team in the West. Even in the offseason, just how well they played against Utah, how they bounced Golden State out in the play in game. Barring bad injuries, they could have gone to the finals. If it wasn't for Jaw going down with a knee injury, he came they came very close even without Jaw. They've got a bunch of guys with Jaron Jackson and Desmond Bain and Tyus Jones. Like this team should be good next year. They should be good for a lot of time. Utah. Not hard to see them being a disappointment, was it? No. Not rockin' science. When you get smoked by the Clippers, and before that's the year before, smoked by the Nuggets, when you were up 3-1 in both of those series, and you've done nothing to add to your defensive wing presence, to your three-point shooting, what else is going to happen? Other teams get better. You regress. Teams figure you out. The inevitability is you get bounced. That's it. Like you didn't even weren't even able to be a number one seed like you were last year to get you home court. So yeah. Now you got Quinn Snyder quitting. For what? We don't even know. Just to step away, get some sleep. He's got severe sleep deficit. We already know that. You can see it in his <laughs> under his eyes. And now it's like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, are they gonna split up? Are, the, the best thing is, like, will they still force them to play together? Because that's going to be a nightmare if that happens. Because everybody's going to be asking about it all season long. Hey, what's up with you and Rudy? Hey, I thought uh, Rudy, I thought you wanted a trade out of Utah. Hey, Donovan, did you know that you were going to – did you know that we counted how many uh, New York sports uh, games you went to this summer? Uh, it's up to 37. Um, it's not 37. Do you know that Donovan Mitchell's dad works for the Mets? That's an interesting, interesting little nugget to file away. Another one that we saw coming is Zion. Zion being so injury prone, he couldn't even play a game—not one, not one NBA game. I told the world—it was one of the very first things I shared with you, Brock, in October. Zion is—it's a wrap for Zion. I'm sorry, Richard Jefferson, but like, he hasn't played 82 full games. He did not play. Overweight. We knew that was the case. We knew the whole emotional eating through injury was the case. And like that has become a, a stain on his reputation. But not only that, it, people killed me for it. And it turned out to be 100% true. It turned out to be 100% true. People killed me. And all of this brings up the question are the Pels actually better off trading Zion than playing him? Could be an interesting thing with him on the roster, but it also could be a disaster. I remember Brandon Ingram and his happiness level when Zion was on the court, and it was lower than it is right now. I remember Brandon Ingram's efficacy on the court when Zion was there, and it was lower than it is right now. I'm not so sure that Zion and Brandon Ingram work well together. I'm not so sure that Zion contributes to a good defensive team. Doesn't like to run back on defense because, you know, He doesn't like to run. (laughs) Russell Westbrook not working that. Speaking of guys who don't like to run when they don't have the ball. Like this guy. This guy, we've known this for years now. But for some reason, they always try to, there's always one trade where they try to finesse you. They try to make you feel, they try to Martha Mitchell you. Like they beat you up in the hotel room. They lock you back. And when you come out, they're like, yeah, that didn't happen. We, know, we always knew Russell Westbrook wouldn't work. Wait, hold on here. No, I said he wouldn't. And you're like, yeah, no, we, we said that too. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a total experiment. We, we also knew. So why'd you do the trade? Why'd you Well, things weren't working with KPJ and, um, and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, KCP, excuse me. No, they were working. What are you saying? So we knew. AD, Russ, and LeBron weren't going to be able to coexist. The truth of the matter is, why are they still trying to make it exist now? It's like, it's like, uh, mean girls. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Russell Westbrook will never move without the ball. Never. LeBron James needs the ball in his hands, surrounded by shooters. That's it. That's, those two things don't go together. Russell, oh yeah. Thirdly, Russell Westbrook can't shoot threes. He's a horrible jump shot. He has a horrible, horrible jump shot. There's And layups now. The montages that we've seen of Russell Westbrook hitting the ball on the side. It's a skill. Hitting the ball on the side of the backboard. It's almost impossible. It's like when you miss, like when you hit a golf shot and – it goes through all of the branches of the tree and it, through the air unscathed. It's like that but the opposite. Like there's air everywhere except for this little tiny sliver of the side of a backboard and somehow he's, he's hit it hundreds of times. I don't understand it. Frank Vogel fired. Now we have Darvin Ham. We'll see how this goes. Some of the favorite moments. One, my favorite number one moment. This is going to be chronological mostly. Do you guys remember when Ben Simmons reported back to the Sixers and he actually went to practice and they filmed it and they filmed him looking at his cell phone while the practice was going on stoic face in all Sixers gear and you're like, oh, and then Doc Rivers kicked him out of practice and he's never been seen or heard from again. Yeah, that happened. That, that was an early one. That was an early great moment. That was meant for comedy. Uh, Kyrie Irving, how about another one? Kyrie Irving, you guys remember this one. Kyrie Irving showing up to Barclays Center as a spectator <laughs> to a Nets game on the, the team that he plays for just to show he could be inside of a building unvaccinated and unmasked and he showed up late just so everyone would see him that happened that that happened remember when Steph was was breaking or on his way to breaking the three-point record but because he was about to break the record it created a shooting slump the worst shooting slump of Steph's career that's that was amazing that was amazing Harden, do you guys remember when Harden was lying to the Nets and he told the Nets that he wanted to be there? And then Steve Nash told us that James Harden promised him that he wanted to be there and that he wasn't going to be traded. Meanwhile, James Harden was missing games, not traveling with the team, and when he was traveling with the team, was partying in the hotel all night long. While he was still fat. That was. That happened. He. Do you know that he has someone. That trout. Like. That takes his hookah. Around everywhere with him. That's crazy. Do you know how many parts. A a hookah is. It's like thousands of parts. You have to set up a hookah. On a. Like a back to back. (laughs) How much. Like hookahs are trash. It's just flavored cigarette smoke. And he has his own hookah, and he travels with it. I need, if I ever meet him, I have to know what's up with that. Like, I need to know. So that happened. That was funny. Remember, remember another one after they traded Harden? That was like two days later was when the All-Star draft was, and it was LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant was sitting up there explaining why he wasn't drafting Harden and why he was going to take Rudy Gobert over Harden and his stoic face about needing a rim protector because LeBron James was playing five now. <laughs> and then and then LeBron with the clipboard put the clipboard over his face and then LeBron was like, I don't even know if I can draft James. Like, is Dre, James healthy? And then Kenny was like, obviously, he's now on the Sixers. He's healthy now. That happened. That happened. Man, do you remember when the Lakers became the uh, the league-wide punching bag for every other young and up-and-coming team and team in the league? Like Sacramento clowning. Clowning the Lakers on the court. Carl Anthony Towns, do you remember when that uh, – when Russell Westbrook hit the side of the backboard again. Actually, I think he airballed. And, and Patrick Beverly and Carl Anthony Towns looked around to see if there was a bird in the arena. But it wasn't a bird, it was the airball. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Do you remember when Pat Beverly cried like he had won the title because they won a play in game to make the playoffs? He cried like he was Kevin Garnett. Anything's possible. Ugly cry, too. Like the ugliest cry. And he stood up on the table like his name was Jalen Suggs because he took the Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs. That was amazing. Remember when Wiggins overnight got captivated? This is backwards, but we're going to get there. Remember when K-pop made Andrew Wiggins an all-star? Because every retweet was worth, like, six votes. And K-pop is f- insane. So the K-pop star had, like, millions of followers. And he's like, please retweet this for Andrew Wiggins. Like, I need to know about how that went down. How is this K-pop star connected to Andrew Wiggins? But do you guys also remember that since Andrew Wiggins has become an all-star because of this pop, pop K- K-pop star, he's actually, like, become good? Andrew Wiggins dunked on Luca. Dunked on Luca in the middle of a playoff game and stole his soul. I think Luca tried to get out of the way. And he went from being ass in the play-in game last year to becoming an all-star, to becoming the second best player on a championship team. Those are not words I ever thought I would say. Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on a championship team. Remember when uh, Draymond started a podcast? And then all of a sudden, he couldn't play basketball anymore. <laughs> and everyone, including his own mom, couldn't figure out what was going on with them. And his mom said, I don't know. I'm, I Don't ask me. This is not anything I'm used to seeing. I'm not sure if this is a clone of my son. Please stop asking me what's wrong with Draymond. I've never seen this version of him either. Yep, that happened. The NBA is the best. Remember, Clay Thompson just recently decided uh, to come after Jaron Jackson for a tweet that's three and a half months old just because he wrote strength in numbers. And, uh, and Clay just decided he was going to go off and call Jaron Jackson Jr. a clown and a bum. And then that turned into a full Twitter war between John Morant and Draymond Green, where like, I think Jaws going to fight Draymond on Christmas Day now. I'm not sure. <laughs> They're promising to see each other on Christmas Day. I don't think it's to open up presents. What a way to end the season. What a way. Today, he was running, Clay, running in front of the bus, carrying the Larry O'Brien trophy in one hand and high-fiving with the other. And then also, one final thing, Steve Kerr said in his speech at the championship parade today, when we started training camp, I thought we could be pretty good, but I didn't know we could win the whole thing. Steve Kerr's the only one I like right now, because all the other ones, all the other ones are like, what, like Draymond Green's like, what you want me to say, we're better than everybody else? We already f- knew that it's like yo hold on you missed the playoffs two straight years dog bless your heart all i know is this we had some moments i'm going to be chronicling them all throughout next year so that we have a better idea of where we've gone and where we will go but this has been one hell of an nba season one hell of a ride thank you to my producer brock aka the goat aka the king of sound and that's all the time that we have. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We will be back Wednesday. We're going to be doing a live draft episode on Wednesday, previewing the draft that is coming this Thursday. And then we will also be doing an episode Friday post-draft recapping that. So make sure you follow us along the journey. Follow us at Summer League, and we will see you soon. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends. Follow us on social at @thisheatcheck and at Trista Crick on TikTok.